0: do the clappy thing. Oh. That you do. Oh. <coughs> that's gonna be so hard do it again alright at any given point how much more like in terms of like five times ten times do you think Pierre Gasly's fit how much more do you think it is worth than what you are currently wearing like the outfit he's currently wearing like at any given moment
1: ooh what I'm currently wearing... Okay, so... Jumper was a tenner. Uh, T-shirt was, I think, six. The pants were expensive. They were like 27 or (laughs) 8. It's double figures. The socks then are actually... They were expensive socks, you know.
0: They were... I would
1: say... 40 to 50 times what I'm currently wearing. I think that's a modest estimate. (laughs) Personally... Like like fuck it. like realistically, how much is Pierre Gasly making? Like, Pierre Gasly salary.
0: A Don't pro- give me a figure, but just like if you could sum up the figure that you're looking at in in one word. welcome to episode two of formula stank the stankiest f1 podcast in town uh dylan and cahill here with very little knowledge of formula one but lots of things to say
1: yeah Uh, just a disclaimer before we kick off as we usually will um we know fuck all
0: we really don't know anything at all and that was evident If you listened to episode one, if you're tuning in late, you know, if you just want to get the background to what's going to happen in Imola and Turkey. uh, or Imola has already happened. You see, this is what we mean. We don't know anything at all. If you just want to get a preview of what's going to happen in Turkey and you're just tuning into this episode specifically for that. um, Hello, first of all. But we highly recommend you go back and listen to episode one. It was uploaded yesterday with a lot of contextualization to the stank. And one thing we contextualized in episode one is that we really don't know a whole lot at all.
1: (laughs) This is true. Our knowledge is very, very spare. So do bear with us as we uh, take you on this journey.
0: And we have said that a lot. you know. We especially said it a lot in episode one. But I feel like nothing is a greater testament to letting the people know how little we know than reviewing what happened In a Formula 1 race. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, we're going to kick right into the action this week on Formula Stank, episode 2. As the last race that just recently happened in the F1 calendar was the great Imola. Yeah. Cahill, initial thoughts. We're going to run through a play-by-play, but initial thoughts on Imola.
1: Imola. Okay, so iconic circuit. Really glad we went there this year, to be honest. Uh, I didn't hate this race. That's something.
0: That was nice because there were a couple of races, and especially, you know, we'll throw on the highlights from races that have happened this season, I I believe. What race was it today where we just couldn't care less, where it was, like, interesting? Uh, You know the one where Carlos led for 10 laps? You definitely do. 10,
1: man. It was, like, two laps. Okay, where Carlos led for 12 seconds. And that was it.
0: That was great.
1: Uh, That was Portugal. That was Portimao.
0: Portimao. Again, great circuit. Really couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible race. It was a terrible race. This yeah. this Imola, pretty good. Yeah, pretty, it, pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty entertaining. A couple so of things things really go. happy with there. Yeah. I think. Now, bear in mind, to give some further background to, to our lives at this point in time, this race occurred on the 1st of November. Yes. The day after Halloween.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, we all locked up in the house here. We got a little we got, got pandemic going on. We couldn't really go out and celebrate Halloween. Uh, oh, Jesus, we still so got drunk. Oh, good God!
1: It was absolutely—it was carnage.
0: We were in these exact seats with, like, just these exact seats with just plenty more alcohol.
1: Oh, it was—it was horrible. It I, was really bad. I didn't like it, but it had to be done.
0: Um, I awoke the next morning. Uh, I'd say maybe two minutes before the race began because it yeah. was an early race. It, it mm-hmm. started at twelve. Uh, it usually in Irish time, it it starts at like two. Um, it started at twelve. And uh, I woke up two minutes before to my girlfriend shaking me in the bed going, is there not a race on? And me, not knowing where I am, going, oh, fuck oh, yeah, there And running downstairs, throwing clothes on, getting down to the couch to see that he's already sitting here just as hungover as I am. Yeah.
1: Which it was, is... It was horrible. It was really brutal. And so we needed, we needed that pick-me-up, didn't we? So we were watching this race. A few things were going right. A few things were going wrong. You know, like uh,
0: let's start from the start
1: let's start from the start, like, okay, so one of the first happenings, lap one, Miley's favorite driver on the grid, Kevin Magnuson, starts uh facing the wrong way, <laughs> the man just
0: decided to to put it in reverse, yeah, he you know just what went, I mean, nope, yeah. and just
1: ha- went ham.
0: it's like he looked at what was further down the road mm. and then turned around but the and just is, started like, going the other way.
1: <laughs> he went off, and then everybody else went away, he pretty much waited for it to clear, and he just went. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding trying he didn't even rush to get back on I track. Think he
0: made it to the end of the race as well, which not many people did. And well there were a few there were a few outs in this which we'll get onto, but mm. he made it to the end
1: of the race as well, which is pretty no, impressive. He didn't. Oh of course he didn't. <laughs> he, Came he DNF'd with, after forty seven laps, which is still a miracle, man. Yeah,
0: that's still very <laughs> impressive, considering at one point in the race, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, he was going the wrong fucking way. Yeah. Um but starting pole Mm-hmm. Uh, we love to see it he had a great qualifying we watched qualifying as we well we were
1: here we were like man he is fast before he set that lap we were like oh my god this is insane he was
0: throwing that car around the track yeah, absolutely a, throwing I feel it like around.
1: qualifying is where that track at Imola really shines because you actually like obviously from a racing standpoint and, and overtaking like it's, it's not the best I think um I heard a stat that like one of the last times they raced at Imola in Formula 1 they, like, there was, like, one overtake for the entire thing. Like, there was DNFs. I, I, I was can see why them. we didn't go there for a while. <laughs> you know it, what I yeah, mean? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not too angry that it's not there for 2021. But, like, in terms of qualifying, you get, like, Bottas shone like a diamond.
0: Absolutely. We were watching qualifying, and he was just, we, we knew from the very start of the lap, because we knew it would be his flying lap, Ooh. that he was throwing that car around. He was absolutely just rallying the thing around. Uh, purple sector, purple sector, purple sector. Then Hamilton had to follow him.
1: Yeah.
0: And we were just sitting here going, well, this is it. Lewis has just gone to Purple Sector the shit out of these next three. Yeah. And that's going to be it. That's going to be Valtteri's day ruined. And subsequently, our day ruined. He didn't manage to do it. No. But it's that really started impressive in pole position. Gasly started P4. Fantastic. Yeah. We were so excited. So, so excited. And we'll get on to what happened to him a little later on. Mm-hmm. But then, as you said, one of the first notable instances from the race uh, was came like, I think it was probably on the first or second turn.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah,
0: not not even at the end of the first sector, I believe. No, he he didn't make it that far, and he just decided to go the wrong way. Uh, Verstappen came out absolutely swinging as mm-hmm. well. Uh, from from he got a very good start. He was up. I think he took Lewis to go into second. Now again, yeah, I could yeah. be wrong, but I think it was Valtteri first, then Max, then Lewis at the very oh, start. You no, know what it
1: was? Um Valtteri pitted first. So yeah. Lewis went into to first, Valtteri goes second and Max takes him.
0: Yeah. And yeah. It, it
1: was it was really good. It was great, driving. Max
0: came out absolutely swinging, especially in those first few laps. You could tell that he was not there to just take his regular third place position. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he was there to give as much of a fight as he possibly could. Um and 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 any other day as well. Um what was interesting about that is the man that was set to finish behind him as per qualifying, and as per those first few fantastic laps that he had, yeah was our boy Pierre, who, as we discussed, dope fits dope fits dope fits man, so good so fucking good, go on to his Instagram, just look through some of them but pierre's uh pierre's p four was not to
1: be no man no. That, that was the saddest radio message ever as well because he was driving to the best of his ability. Yeah. And your man comes on, it's like, Pierre, listen to me. I'm so sorry. We need to box. And it's like, after the form he's had, it's the worst thing to hear. Yeah. So like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I have it care. in my
0: notes as Pierre's terminal situation, which is what his yeah. engineer described the issue as. And in the grander scheme of things as well, mm. it is a terminal situation because that mm. has kind of put to bed any hopes of him finishing any higher, or well, competing for that P3 position in the championship. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, he really did not need that DNF at all.
1: Yeah, no, no. It, it was it was a massive. It, it just killed, man. because the form he was on, that qualifying he had, it was such a shame. And like the engineer just sounded so upset as well. Yeah,
0: it was it was such a sad message. And even you know the engineer sounded upset, which which was a given because if it is a terminal situation with the car, it's no fault of the driver. It it's it's from the team's end that something has gone wrong there. Um. But it was even sadder as well because Pierre just didn't even respond. No. He didn't even contest it. He didn't have anything to say about it at all. He just took the DNF <sighs> on, on, on the chin yeah. and just brought that car on home. Um, he was racing so well. It was so sad to see. Uh, Bodas pitted first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamilton goes straight into the lead. Yeah. And there's something interesting about Bodas pitting. Is uh, He was complaining for the first few laps that There was something wrong with the car. They had gotten damaged somewhere. Yeah. And Mercedes was like, ah, shut the fuck up. Keep driving. There's nothing wrong with it. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. It turns out that he had picked up a large chunk of a Ferrari car
1: (laughs) in the first few laps of the race. Bro, the mere mere presence of a piece of Ferrari debris made his car slower. That's my theory. (laughs) The mere presence of any part of that tractor. (laughs) That is... is Cost him first place. That that's it. Like it was, it was like you know,
0: even Ferrari looking in his direction, <laughs> caused him to be slow. That is the fastest any piece of a Ferrari car has gone the entire season as yeah, well. Yeah, for real. It is man. so impressive. Honestly, uh, it seems like a bit of Seb's front right wing or something. Yeah, came it, was, off. it was off
1: the front wing anyway because Seb did have a bit of an incident. There. Yeah, yeah, that that came off
0: and just kind of fucking stuck to poor Valtteri's floor. Yeah. um, which you know you know simple simple physics here for those at home uh if there's a bumpy in your floor you're not going to have a good the, drive the carno gogo the carno gogo very <laughs> fast you know what i mean Valtteri still made cargo neum yeah and it was very impressive it neumed fairly well it, it neumed fairly fucking well um how does this fit into the ferrari master plan you know is this all a ploy is there something deeper at play here is I our mean, boy matteo Bonato, Matty b planning something different
1: Could be man because (laughs) Charles.
0: (laughs) It's absolutely not.
1: (laughs) I mean, Charles had a shout for podium there as well, and he got he he just got absolutely bamboozled not only by a Renault but by a bloody Alpha Terry as well. Yeah, you know,
0: my next bit in my notes here. Um, I couldn't think of a better way to word this, but Ocon's car farts out. Yeah, he literally and just, he just fired accepted
1: it, out. it man. His radio message was just something along the lines of Oh shit, I'm out. Like Yeah <laughs> You didn't
0: you didn't hear you didn't hear like uh, Crofty come on the, the fucking commentary and be like, Oh my god, Esteban Ocon has gone into the wall It it was literally just like his car just went and it was on the it was off the track. Like it was, like, like exactly. rolled so slowly off the track. Do you
1: know what it smells of? It smells of fucking K Mag's retirement at Monza. The one that caused all the mm. red flag issues and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where he just kind of pulls in, and it's like nah, man, and that was it. That was the end of it. Yeah, it, like literally, and he, as you said, like his
0: his his radio message was something along the lines of "Oh shit, I out."
1: You know what I mean? Like which <laughs>
0: like he he literally could not have said more than that because I do not remember it. But his car just fucking farted in in into some grass and then. A virtual safety car had boom, to happen. Boom. And, oh boy, our boy fucking Lewis. Oh, he loves a tasty L safety car, doesn't he? Because Just he went in the hands. straight into the pits. Holy shit. He, like, he, like, he, the, they hadn't even said the words virtual safety car. And our boy Lewis Hamilton was in those pits like, give me some tires.
1: Straight away. The
0: engineers were sitting there picking their fucking noses. And next thing, Lewis rocks up, mm. expecting some tires. Um, this pretty much... Handed Lewis the race um, yeah. on a plate. I uh, have in brackets there, perhaps a nice vegan plate, <laughs> you know, some like sweet potatoes or something some nice, nice
1: plant-based tires there. Yeah, some nice, <laughs> super <laughs>
0: sustainable, bro. Actually the first driver to win a race on some plant-based tires. Oh, he
1: would and all. Do yeah, you know he that? He actually
0: would, yeah. Um, I hear that uh, Hamilton's car next year is going to be made entirely out of bamboo. I believe you. I know. Go on, the sustainability. I'm all for it. You are over. Um, Use a reusable cup. Is, some. is, 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 uh, you uh, know, something to think about here. Mm-hmm. Esteban Ocon kind of owes a lot to Toto Wolf, doesn't he? Define. He, he, he was Mercedes' third driver for a while, and then Toto Wolf was pretty good in managing him, got him a seat in Renault. Mm-hmm. Esteban was, uh, looking to, to pay Toto back a little bit. No greater prize than the Constructors' Championship. Which he essentially gave to Mercedes by giving himself a little stanky fart out in that car.
1: Oh my God!
0: It's deep, man. It's deep. It's that deeper. Four D Mercedes chess. looking gas,
1: dear people.
0: <laughs> you keep your third eye open. Akon is a total wolf
1: spy. I'm oh telling you now. My days. He's he's a mere pawn in the Mercedes four D chess. He is a puppet for the wolf. Oh you know what God. I mean? Oh that's boy. genius, man. Yeah, write that down. Somewhere. I know.
0: Yeah, wait and you see, man. Episode two of this pod, that's gonna be how we break. Mm. Honestly, I know. But whatever about Esteban's car farting out, that made Danny Rick's efforts even more impressive, which we'll get onto because we don't want to jump ahead of ourselves oh, no, no, here. No. Because we're not jumping to the highlight a, a, right off a, it. A little bit happened before this, and mm-hmm. you know we will talk about it for uh, an extensive period of time. There's going to come a point in this episode where you're like, are "These guys still talk." Yeah, we are. Yeah, we, we are. will be. Uh, so. Safety car goes away. Verstappen says, "Right, had enough of this now. Had enough of sitting in this third place position. Like his fucking season was flashing before his eyes. He was seeing the ham bot ver again. Yeah, and he just said no. And he overtook Bottas. Mm-hmm. Stops the potential Mercedes one-two. Keeps the drivers' championship alive. Manages to draw attention away from his racism even more. And then he pops a tire in lap fifty-one. Our boy, he pops yes. the right rear." Oh, um, man. It was the most sudden thing as well. And you you were gone what? to make fucking tea or something at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like, like,
1: Verstappen's gone. I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> now, we have
0: a very short attention span as is. Um, so there will come a point in the race where we have to get up and go do something else. Like, we got to make ourselves a cup of tea. We got to go toilet. You know? We usually wait until we know that there's nothing that could possibly happen at all in the next couple of laps. And this was a perfect opportunity, as far as we were aware, to go make a cup of tea. So, young fella here gets up and he goes and makes a cup of tea. And I'm sitting in here, trying to stay alive. Because, as we mentioned, we were incredibly hungover. And, uh, I'm kind of watching. And I'm not really taking in what's happening. And then I see a car in the gravel. And I'm like, fucking, that's Max. It's a Red Bull, isn't it? That's a Red Bull. That man was in P2. So, he comes back in and, uh... Pretty much the race was over, so we thought. Mercedes, essentially, with this get-handed the championship on a plate. I uh, have in brackets, hungry like the wolf. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice. I'm here all night. Um, yes. And that was essentially the race over. One thing I want to touch on before we get on to the you know, final few laps of the race. Oh, poor Georgie. Oh, oh poor man. Georgie. Poor
1: George Russell.
0: Um, So I have in my notes, George Russell behind the safety car follow up note George Russell is no longer behind the safety car <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how it happened he oh. was just heating up those tires swerving in and out you know going new 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 moving up and down left yeah. and right like a roller coaster and uh oh, he just ended up in a wall yeah
1: man he was trying to get some heat into the tires he just
0: went a little too hard on the throttle yeah um, is what we have you know like Martin Brundle pretty much said that I wouldn't know. Yeah, that's
1: the general intel. Again, disclaimer: we know fuck all. We
0: know we don't really don't know. The general intel we were given is that um, you know Bru- Brundle. You know he he wrote us a message. He said, <laughs> "Hey guys, just so you know, when you're talking about this on the podcast, George Russell pressed a little too hard on the throttle, and he just fucking ended up in a wall." Ah, um, oh, it was. Ju- it, it's so upsetting because he was in the points. Yeah, and. You know, obviously, Georgie hasn't been all that successful with points this season, so we were hoping and praying that he'd stay in them. Yeah. But it's even that bit more upsetting because, you know, he's raising for Williams. Usually when he doesn't finish in the points, it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. It's very much Williams' fault because if you think Ferrari has a shitbox of a car... Wait till you see this thing. Now. When you see this fucking Frankenstein-looking thing. But this was a driver error. And Completely. You could tell by his reaction how much it affected him. Mm. It was so upsetting to see.
1: You can al- but you can also tell how much support he's garnered as like an un- like the ultimate underdog really. Mm. You know, he he he's been impressing and qualifying all season, getting to Q2 so many times. But he puts up an Instagram after the race of like that image of him sitting at the side of the track which just broke my Heart, mm. um, just like thinking about what he had done and stuff like that, and he's like, uh, don't know what to say, poor decision, bad mistake, or whatever. And uh, the likes of like Grosjean hops in on the comments, and is like, don't mind that man, don't let that affect you. These things happen. He's gotten so much support over over this whole um, journey he's had so far.
0: It was a point yesterday where I went on and looked at the uh, the comments uh, just because I had seen them on the day and they were very cute. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's message was absolutely lovely oh, yeah. uh, in, that, in that comment section he was basically like look everyone makes mistakes I've made more than you know like than I can remember essentially mm. but you get past it and that's great coming from Lewis because that boy's won a few things in his time yeah he's won one or two uh, Lewis's comment alone had in and around the region of 60,000 likes Jesus last time Christ. I checked and that's just his comment yeah it was incredible to see the support that our boy Georgie was given um, he was very sad and so were we Mm-hmm. um race went on yeah and then fucking you hate to see it but Danny Keat was driving real well Man. towards the end of that race he just remembered how to drive a car
1: out of nowhere and it was really upsetting the points haul that Alpha Terry got having had to retire um Gasly's car is nuts yeah you know Kvyat hops in in 4th place gets 12 points on a lot of race days that might be what the two drivers get combined that's a serious haul. So really after impressive. the
0: safety car, Danny Kiat starts P5, um, manages to hold off Albon and Perez behind him, mm. does some fantastic defensive driving, then manages to overtake the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc to head into P4, which he holds for the rest of the race and finishes the day on a high for AlphaTauri, Terry, who had their previous P4 position person, I don't know how you'd word that in F1 terms, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Pierre Gasly, fired it out as well you yeah. know what I mean um,
1: an incredible effort from Danny Kia.
0: yeah you really really
1: it. impressive oh, I hate to see it you know but like he was pushing for podium he was what like a second behind uh, third place yeah, oh, really yeah.
0: He, he, he was close at one point he was hmm. very close at one point it was definitely a fight um, we mentioned he held off uh, Perez and Albon uh, oh Alex oh dearie 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 me Just Alex um,
1: the whole thing was like the rumours going around were that Albon needs to have a great race at um, Imola and Portimao
0: well this is the thing it wasn't even a rumour Christian Horner just fucking oh he yeah said, he, sorry he, he, just he just fully, said, he just, said, he it, just fully he? said this boy needs to have two good races or he is fucking f-. he went all Alan Sugar on his ass he was like you are fired if you do not have two good
1: races I it's swear nuts. to god it's the poor lad is just he, I fully believe he's in the wrong place at the wrong time obviously you need to be ready to step up or whatever that's, that's uh, the whole vibe but like Oh, it's just it's yeah, it the underperformance is just obviously not impressing not impressing at Red Bull. Um, so I don't know what they're gonna do. And like, did you see uh, Jacques Villeneuve's comments on Albon as well? The man went ahead and said he only still has a seat because he's Thai. We race as one. <laughs> <laughs> Such a that's, uh, This sport is racist. <laughs> Holy shit. This sport is so racist, That's the man. Formula One community's um, stanky <laughs> comment of the week, I think. Yeah, I it's think It's just Villeneuve so. coming out and saying, obviously, um, there are um, Thai nationals who have a stake in like the Red Bull company. So he reckons that's a huge reason why Albon has held onto his seat. Called him the second worst Red Bull driver ever. Ever as well.
0: That's, that's, you know, keep it to yourself. Red Bull are a new team as well. It's not like they have like a long dynasty of drivers to, you know, compare themselves to and say, which is objectively the worst.
1: I assume he is referring to Gasly as the worst as well. Who got half a season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I don't know. I think he's talking brown. Like like.
0: <laughs> I think that man just trying to just just trying to talk for the sake of talking. Speaking of which, let's keep going on this one. So Albon spins out of both the race. Yes. And his uh, seat for next year, we'll say, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get a little bit onto seats for next year later in the episode. Yes. Um, then, so we've had a couple of driver errors there because obviously Alex is responsible for that crash. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, you can blame the tires. You know, they didn't heat up properly. You can blame whatever. Yeah, it was understeer at the end of the day, wasn't it? I think something like that is still driver error. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, completely. Um, however, if we look away from instances that include driver error and look more so to teams kind of fucking up shit, uh, Racing Point really fucked it for Checo really really fucked up for Checo a very poor strategy led to Checo
1: losing the P3 position which yeah. he was definitely likely to get uh, oh yeah completely and this is the thing the eventual person in P3 comes out and says yeah look at Checo was faster than us today that's yeah. uh, i I can't really understand why they pitted him like it, it just made no sense and uh, Checo is a phenomenal driver and but, but the thing is he's a great team player in a way so he's going to go and, and do what the team says a lot of drivers would sort of dispute something like that the likes of Leclerc or um, or uh, Verstappen you know would just fully be like nah I I think that's a terrible idea but Checo just goes and does it and he gets absolutely screwed
0: mm-hmm. and you know uh, maybe a pre pre-announcement shall we say pre-reckoning Checo will you know take it on the chin he'll go on and he'll do fantastic for Racing Point Racing Point have you know thrown him off to the side for next season yeah. he doesn't have to be that noble Checo that we, we know and love. Mm. And he was very visibly upset in post-race interviews. He went so far yeah. as to say that he didn't really understand why they gave him the strategy that they did, which, like, you and me both, Sergio, I really don't I really don't get what racing point we're playing out there. Yeah, um, Just so long as they don't treat our boy, Seb, the exact same way.
1: I swear to God if they do, man.
0: Getting towards the end of the race, you <laughs> know. The big conclusion of this race for, for much of the media uh, after the fact was... The fact that Mercedes, as a result of the 1-2 in this race, uh, were handed their seventh Constructors' Championship in a row after this. Uh, also, Hamilton probably has the championship uh Turkey. He can, do, per- he
1: can do it in Turkey, right? He can
0: do it in Turkey, yeah. He uh, can not get it in Turkey, but, you know, Mercedes win, 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 win. Who cares about that? Yeah, man. Holy mac and cheese balls. Oh Is that a fucking podium? Danny Rick... P-Tree yet again. When I say, and now you're going to hear me say this, and you're going to be like, ah, yes, he is exaggerating for comedic effect for the sake of the podcast. I promise you I am not. When I say that this single-handedly cured our hangovers, I promise you it did.
1: I, I cannot begin to overestimate... Now, I, I cannot begin to tell you enough how genuine this is. Like, the hangover disappeared. We were leaping around the room. I went off to get an ice cream after after the He's race. In was... He was a great mood. He off down to shop for an ice cream. Oh, man. It was, it was the best thing. Because I, I actually... I was, like, in a car on the way somewhere when he got the first podium uh, earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really catch that. This one felt like it it just... <laughs> it was like it was becoming a reality to him that like that wasn't a once off. Yeah, yeah. He's a good driver. He's got a great. He's got a great few things ahead of him in the next couple of years. Like but it was, it, just it, the best thing to see. We I needed I could it so badly. Try
0: and describe to you, the difference between the two men that sat in here at the start of the race versus the difference of the two men at the end of the race as a result of the Danny P tree. Mm-hmm. I simply couldn't. I actually could not even begin to... Because nothing would do it justice how much of an effect this had on us. The bottom line, we were fairly fucking happy. Oh, we were delighted. Oh, we were so happy. Can we just
1: conclude uh, on, on the topic of our uh, game on getting noticed by F1 drivers? Like, like surely whoever gets him just wins the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, regardless.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, there, be no round two if one of us gets no. noticed by Danny Ricardo. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, oh... Petrie, Danny Rick, cured our hangovers, not clickbait. He remembered his shoey this time around as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, Jesus, did the F1 social media milk that? But he remembered it. Holy shit. He remembered it. And then in a shock turn of events, Lewis Hamilton turns to him and says, "Uh, let me try. And does the shoey with him. And Daniel said after the race as well, he was doing a shoey on the podium before with Lewis. And he said to him, "Uh, I will never, ever do one of those. And he's like, mm, whatever, man. <laughs> this, this is my a, thing.
0: This is a new Lewis. He, mm. he, he he has won seven constructors championship and potentially another world uh championship so far as drivers are concerned mm-hmm. as well. That man,
1: you got nothing left to lose. You Can may you as man. well drink some shoe juice. Yeah, you know? and then he poured it all over Daniel. The two of them were loving life. Oh, it was the most wholesome thing in the world. I don't follow all that many like
0: F one accounts on Instagram I follow like the official ones like I follow Formula One I follow all the like a couple of teams not all the teams I would even say I think I only follow like Renault McLaren and Ferrari I I literally only follow those three Mm -hmm. Um, I follow a couple of drivers not all of them I swear to God every second post I saw whether it was a story (laughs) or whether it was an actual feed post for the next two to three days was Daniel Ricciardo or Lewis Hamilton or both Doing a fucking Chewy. I mean, fair, fair play to them. <laughs> People I didn't even know watched Formula One were sharing this Daniel Ricardo yeah. does a Chewy thing. It they was mad into it. It was crazy. And listen, what a wonderful world that is to live oh. in. Oh, I was in such a great mood for the next Ravelling couple of days. Revelling in it. Um, not only did that have a huge effect on our general well-being for the day, but also it has a huge effect on the Drivers' Championship as we move forward. Yes. Daniel Ricardo shoots into... Mm -hmm. in the drivers championship but essentially this is big for Renault. Mm -hmm. this is big for danny rick and it was huge for our physical well-being once it happened amen that was our imola review there's you know more of a shape on who's going to be driving for who and who's going to be racing in formula one in 2021 however there are still a few predictions to be made few few open spots as you were to, to have there
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we know that, as you said, Roman Grosjean is leaving Haas. Um, him and his partner and your arch nemesis Kevin Magnussen have True. been forcefully removed from the American racing team for next season, leaving two seats open. Yeah. Aside from that, there are only three more seats unconfirmed. So in total, there are five unconfirmed. And now I say unconfirmed with a, a little bit of a pinch of salt as well. Yeah, because there are a few that are pretty much fucking confirmed but Mm -hmm. we're gonna run through the teams for 2021 and we're gonna talk a little bit about who we think could slot in or who has slotted in or how we think that will look come next season because we're a new podcast you know everyone's already done their people have done their predictions for 2021 this time last year yeah man i don't remember where i was this time last year Mm -mm. probably i was in a bin somewhere i was i don't want to know you know but what
1: i do want to know What do you think about Mercedes for next year? Mercedes, they say it's not confirmed. And there have been little comments that have alluded to it really not being confirmed recently, Mm -hmm. but it's confirmed. Obviously, Bottas is nailed down. Lewis is all but nailed down, I Mm -hmm. would say. He's not confirmed. What I think is coming is either a one- or a two-year contract. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like If you had to ask me two weeks ago, I would have said, ah, listen, Lewis Hamilton, he's not giving up anytime soon. He'd want to fuck off and just say that he's driving for Mercedes next Mm -hmm. year. Now, I'm less certain, you know, I, I can see, like, I can see how people would think that he wouldn't race for Mercedes next year or at all. Yeah. However, I still do think he is going to race for Mercedes next year and, of course, in Formula One. Yeah. Um. He just has t- like he, he could set himself out so much in terms of records mm. that it would be ridiculous of him to turn another year down when he's so young as well, in comparison to a lot of drivers and the age that they go till. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he still has so much left to do.
1: Yeah, to, to be able to go at the age he is, like, do, you know, do you know what I mean? To be, to be able to go to the extent that he can is insane. The big player in a lot of this talk as well, it has to be said, is there are rumours that Toto Wolf won't continue as Mercedes team principal. And like Hamilton alluded to before that, you know, if Toto goes, I go, you know, he's... We get that testament. in football all
0: the time as oh, well. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, like,
1: like it's a testament to, to how good a boss um, Toto Wolff has been. Like like he, he has been a great team principal, to be honest. You know, he, he's managed the team well, but like I, I I don't buy that for a second that he'd leave if Toto leaves.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think so. And listen, I don't see Toto leaving again at the end of the year either realistically, not this year I think it could go another year especially with the way that the 2020 season has worked in that it's been incredibly fucked in, mm-hmm. in in the lay of the land you know there was stopping and starting there was stopping and starting it was crazy I think Toto if he was going to end his, his tenure at Mercedes he would do so in a year where they get a clean run of it. you know what I mean and not yeah. to say that next year is going to be a necessarily clean run because listen we don't know when this whole global pandemic thing is realistically going to go away mm-hmm. but we kind of know the lay of the land a little bit better. We don't have to do things on the fly as much as we would have this year. Yeah. I think maybe give him another year, and then we can see at the end of it. Yeah. Valtteri Bottas. Ah, he's staying, isn't he? Ah, he's ah, yeah, Valtteri's staying. He's, yeah. he's grand. He'll stay there. He'll no, no real comments on that other than, like, I think Valtteri's just going to hold out for as long as possible. Listen, if Hamilton does retire next year or the year after... I reckon Bottas will still be there if Mercedes will have him. 100%. He is waiting to be world champion. That is all he is doing. You can see how much more aggressive he's getting in his driving, especially when he's battling Lewis on the track. Yeah. Um, In the last few races, at least. Um, I think he's becoming ever, ever more impatient and he's only waiting for the day where poor old Lewis retires. Oh, 100%. Red Bull. Ooh. That's an interesting one, isn't it? It really is. So, listen... It, you know, you know, you know that cousin that you have mm-hmm. and and your auntie and uncle could swear that the, the sun shines out their arse. You know what I mean? They yes. can do no wrong. And you're like, this motherfucker just punched me in the face.
1: Mm. Well, he, he just called me a racial slur or something. He Did just
0: that offended the entire country of Mongolia. Mm-hmm. Christian Horner comes in. He's like, yeah, but he's fucking he's doing well in school. He's a good driver, isn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is it. Red Bull ain't going to see any fault in Max Verstappen
1: for at least the next 42 years. 42 maybe un- unless he uh, he makes this uh, ever- rumored move to Mercedes when Lewis uh, packs it in.
0: Yeah, listen, we, we can we can deal with these mad theorists another day. Mm-hmm. The reality is that at least for 2021. And if you are to ask me for the next few years, oh, till Max like, is staying at Red Bull. What's
1: he contracted till like 23, 24. Probably
0: until he's like 80. Yeah, realistically. Real. Like real. Christian Horner just really fucking likes this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There is questions surrounding the other seat. Because obviously Alex Albon is in that seat. As we touched on, he spun out of the race in Imola. And subsequently, many are saying, spun out of his seat in Red Bull. Christian Horner set him the challenge of having two good races. And he didn't really, did he? No. Oh, no, he didn't at all. So that leaves that seat up in the air.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We could say that seat is open. For the sake of this, we'll say that seat is open because Alex hasn't been confirmed, so the seat is open.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who do you think is going to be there? And who would you like to see? Because often those are two very different things. You know, Realistically, I would like to see, and we'll, uh, not to spoil it a little bit, but Lance Stroll hasn't been confirmed for Racing Point. I would like to see anyone but Lance Stroll, even Perez, in that seat. Realistically, I think... Lance Stroll is going to be in that. See, often they're two very different things, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Red Bull, who do you think will be there? Who do you want to be there?
1: Okay, so the thing with this is Red Bull... Uh, okay, so so first of all, they're losing their engine provider. Honda are packing it in with f Yeah, F1. those
0: lads have had enough.
1: Yeah, they're, they're finished, man. They they're still finished. haven't confirmed what engine they're going to use. Rumors of Mercedes. Mercedes are currently providing what I think is like the max number of engines you can provide to the grid. But there's ways around that. Yeah, Mercedes
0: there? have ways. Like, they've won the... Constr- the ah. Yeah. Ah,
1: ah yeah. Ah. You know? Yeah. Let, let, let's let see what happens. That's
0: pretty much what... That's the noise F1 make towards Mercedes all yeah, the time. Yeah, they're just kind ah. like... Ah. You know, leave them be.
1: There, okay. so Yeah, there's that factor as well, right? Red Bull are a team who like to use their own driver pool, of which there are several young talent coming up. It hasn't been going that well for them, No, him, it's it? gone
0: well maybe once mm. in the last few years. And, oh, listen, when it goes well, they seem to really like when it goes well. Because mm. Max Verstappen, he, as we mentioned, he is there to stay. But other than that, they've they've trialed the whole young driver thing a couple of times in the yeah. last couple of years. Alex Albon being the most recent and most unfortunate uh, yeah. to, to you know, be a part of that program. Uh, of course, we had our boy Pierre in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had those two fighting it out, blah, blah, blah. blah.
1: It hasn't been working absolutely yeah but, but the thing with Pierre is like it inadvertently worked in that he went back to the B team and is scoring points that's something Albon you don't see a future for him because there's actually no place for him now Alpha confirmed Gasly and Kvyat so that's finished I think they just confirmed Gasly
0: oh mm, which oh. we'll get onto a little bit later okay
1: alright mm. Let, let's get onto that in a bit but Albon yeah that, that's that's, a, that's not a runner for me you would think that because of the state of the championship right now, Red Bull want to remain competitive regardless of who gives them their engine next year. They want to make sure that their drivers are to the highest standard. Last time that was the case, it was Verstappen and Ricardo, both of whom came from the Red Bull driver's pool, but there was a clear favourite, so Ricardo packs it in and goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You would want to say that it's going to be someone who will give them that competitive edge. Someone like Nico Hulkenberg.
0: I could see it coming from a mile away. That was great. It's fantastic. Uh, We're big fans of Nico here on the former Stank podcast. Nico stands right here. We are really big fans of Nico. We were very upset to see that he wasn't in the uh, standings or in in a seat for 2020. Now he has wormed his way in a couple of times. Don't get me wrong; mm-hmm. that boy has been driving. And up he's a impressed. Storm for Racing Point has scored more points than many, many drivers on the grid in only a handful of
1: races. That he's fifteenth he's in the championship. That's so he's impressive. Had two, three races. No, no, he didn't start one of the races that he was drafted in for because of the car problems. Yeah, two races he manages to outscore Raikkonen, Jovanazzi. Uh, sorry, yeah, he manages to outscore all of uh, Alfa Romeo, all of Haas all of williams that's now, impressive
0: this is a man that will drive a car mm. and that's the kind of thing that christian horner likes to see and there that sounds like a very simple thing yeah but what i'm trying to say is he doesn't need someone like alex who he has to help along he doesn't need someone like pierre who he has to hold his hand you know yes. what i mean he doesn't want someone who has to learn how things work which Inevitably, you're gonna end up doing with a young driver. Yes, he wants someone who knows the score. Who wants someone who knows his way around the car, around the track. And Nico, oh boy! Oh, he knows. He fucking knows. And if they can leave Nico off to his own devices and let him do his thing and let him score points, you know, consistently, like they want, like a P4, P5, P6, whatever you want. Yeah. Consistently race in every single race. They can then do what they so obviously want to do and put all their attention
1: on Max mm-hmm. so that's where my heart's at that would also be where my heart is at as opposed to what's actually going to happen which is they're going to persist with this young driver pool thing and it's going to be the case that they call up young F2 driver by the name of Sunoda.
0: you think Sunoda's going straight to Red Bull yes that's a bold claim
1: I absolutely do
0: and now what reason so obviously we've talked a good bit about you know uh, how the young driver program hasn't been working for them what reason and they we're trying to find logic in an illogical move here mm-hmm. what do you think Christian Horner's logic would be for doing that?
1: I think his logic for it is obviously there's a lot of questions being asked of the um, the Red Bull driver program and how effectively it's being used I feel like with Sonoda's form in F2 well, like where is he in the standings now he's, he's, still third. In, yeah, he's, he's third, third yeah he's third he's still in the championship feasibly right mm-hmm. like when they have someone doing that well at their disposal I, th- I feel like he would think that's the most ideal baptism of fire he could give a driver like that who is on a high in the second tier I think he's just going to persist with that and if that doesn't work they're going to find themselves stuck in a rut in 2022 or halfway through 2021 given their track record last year
0: Absolutely. Um my my heart tells me that you know I want Nico to be in that seat. If I was to choose who I think they're going to go with, I think I would honestly say that they're going to go with Nico as well. I think it makes the most oh. sense. I think if you listen to what's going on internally too, um Max Verstappen, you know, being the golden boy that he is to Red Bull, his opinion matters an awful lot. Yes. And he has made his opinion very much known internally within within Red Bull and so inside reports have said that uh, when asked for his preference on who he would like alongside him max has said nico max is from the netherlands nico is from germany nico is from a part of germany that is very close on the border with the netherlands so speaks quite good dutch mm-hmm. and often when nico was in the grid uh they were often seen around the paddock you know discussing joking having a good time they have a very strong personal relationship max has often had issues with being a His teammates' fiercest rival in a lot of instances. It's what led to our boy Danny Rick leaving Red Bull, Mm -hmm. realistically. If Max was given someone who he got on quite well with and who he had a good understanding with, like Nico Hülkenberg, I think that could benefit the team hugely. And I think Christian Horner probably knows that too. But hey, listen, we don't really know at the end of the day, do we? We really don't
1: fucking know. We don't fucking know. That's interesting, though, because I feel like Nico is a great teammate as well. You know, he played second fiddle to Ricardo. He's played second fiddle to uh, Checo Perez. He, he's he been there and he's been able to be a part of a team. So that is insanely juicy.
0: I think out of all the announcements uh, for, you know, drivers who are yet to, you know, seats that can be announced, I think that one's probably m- my most anticipated. Um, I think Big I'm time. probably most interested in seeing what's going to go on down there because there's, honestly, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. It really, really could. Uh, moving on, we have a few more teams to get through. Another one with a seat. Up in the air, and I'm using air quotes here. We have Racing Point, who will be Aston Martin, come next year. Sebastian Vettel, confirmed. Mm-hmm. Excited to see how that unfolds. Yeah. Could honestly go any direction at all. We don't really know. The other one that is unconfirmed, air quotes, is the seat currently occupied by Lance Stroll. And now I say that because Perez has already said that he will not be racing for Racing Point next year. Yes. Um. So, oh, seat is open. Or is it?
1: Absolutely, not. absolutely not. Fucking a not. Fear of no that boy not driving next year.
0: Absolutely Jesus not. Jesus Christ. So, Carl, give a bit of context there as to why, you know, the the thing that we think is going to happen in this instance is the thing that probably will happen.
1: Because his old man owns the bloody team. Oh, he has so much money. So he has much. Our, a st- stupid amount of money.
0: There's there's a whole thing in in Formula One where you know, you talk about like pay drivers and these are essentially drivers who pay their way into seats at certain teams. Lance Stroll is like the foundation, the epitome of a pay driver. Oh yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to, you will have to wrestle that seat off him with your bare fucking claws and you won't even be wrestling him. You'll be wrestling him and Papa Stroll. So (laughs) that seat that's open,
1: it's his. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. Now, I will say, there were uh, stories going around as well that Toto Wolff had a meeting um, with... Uh, wasn't. Um, I think he, he met with Daddy Stroll over just his plans for Aston Martin. Strolls, that is. Mm-hmm. There's whispers going around that Toto, after Mercedes, will go have a crack at Aston Martin. But I don't know how much substance there is to it. But if that happens, man... This could be a really competitive team. They've got a Mercedes engine sitting there as well. I assume they're not going to copy and paste the Mercedes car next year as they did this year. But man, and huge, you would, huge, huge expectations on this Aston Martin team with a four-time world champion at the wheel. Absolutely. And you would think that
0: if, you know, Toto Wolf does do that, you know, as the rumor mill is, you know, kind of subtly suggesting. Mm-hmm. um. He wouldn't take too kindly, perhaps as other team principals have, to just having a kid in there because his dad paid for him to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now that's much easier to say that you disagree with than actually acting on in this instance because, oh, like, fucking Lawrence Stroll, he owns that team, man. He, He, like, I can't even begin to describe how much power that man has in that team. In the
1: palm of his hand.
0: He is the fucking Emperor Palpatine of racing points. There is no two ways about it. He is behind the scenes unlimited power up in this bitch I swear <laughs> to god it is incredible that's the best analogy I've ever heard it's, it's, it's pretty great um, y- it's much easier said than done that you're going to remove Lance Stroll from that seat so therefore we think that for 2021 Lance Stroll will be an Aston Martin Racing Point driver Alpha Terry. so we have Pierre confirmed in a seat delighted we do not know who the other driver is as of yet and now Danny Kiat very good Imola race as we discussed Is that enough to warrant a seat in F1 for next year, do you think?
1: Daniel Kvyat managed a podium last year as well when they were Toro Rosso. This year, where is he in the standings? He is 13th. I don't think that's too bad. I wouldn't be altogether surprised if he sticks around. I wouldn't be surprised. I can see it happening. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: However, I think the smart move in this instance is, I think this is where Yuki Tsunoda is going to come into play.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a scenario that you can see if um, if Hulkenberg goes to Red Bull. That's definitely something that it, it like like it would be the the smarter move, you know, bring him up to Alpha Terry while they have Pierre Gasly here, who's slowly just garnering phenomenal experience. Mm-hmm.
0: I think. Um, the thing i would like to see happen i would love to see yuki in this seat next year i think he's a fantastically uh, talented driver mm-hmm. and that comes from someone who has watched pretty much no f2 this year i just know people, what's, what's people crack people think well, what's cracking there yeah what's you know? cracking there i th- i think people think he's good i suppose i also probably think he's good i don't know as we mentioned we don't know anything mm-hmm. um i think what will happen here is I think they will go with Yuki as well. I think they just have set a precedent for picking young drivers over the experience. And Danikia has been around for longer than most people seem to remember. You know what I mean? Uh, Sebastian Vettel called him a torpedo way back when he was racing for Red Bull. (laughs) So we're talking at least like six, seven years now. So seven years come 2021. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I think Danikia has had his chance. He's not going to give you much more than he's currently given. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you want to accept that, then you accept them for 2021. If you want to maybe continue on with the precedent that you've set, you take in Yuki Tsunoda.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I wouldn't hate that at all. Bearing in mind as well, we need to remember, Kvyat has had his shot at Red Bull mm-hmm. at, at, at the main team mm-hmm. between like 2015 and 2016. He was there, and he was supposed to be this uh, heir to the throne in some sense of uh, Vettel after he um, left the gap there to go to Ferrari. So he's had his opportunity. So, like, like, where do you go from here? There's no real... He doesn't look like the kind of guy who you're going to be able to bring up to Red Bull again next year, or the year mm-hmm. after, or the year after. So, Sonoda could be the, the smart move here.
0: Haas have essentially kicked
1: two of their drivers to clean, the curb. Clean slate. Oh, absolute bold, clean bold slate move. for
0: 2021. A very Gunther Steiner move. Oh, yeah. Um, very rock and roll. You know, start from scratch. Build from the ground up. Um, who do you think? And who do you think realistically?
1: Ooh, like my, my hopes are the ones that I think will actually happen. You know, I think it would be a crime for Checo Perez not to be in one of those seats. Mm-hmm. He is a really valuable asset. You can see what happens when he's given a good car. He's, he's in the fight this year with Racing Point. Mm-hmm. So I am very, very confidently putting him in the mix um, because they need a driver like him. Like, like the You know, there's been talk of whether they'll go the double rookie route or they'll um, put in an experienced driver. I think they'd be silly. Like at a team like Haas, where you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of experience, um, on anyone's part. Like they, they need that bit of experience from Checo. So I think he is seat number one. Seat number two is gonna be a rookie.
0: Ferrari Academy at the moment is providing some of the most, you know, juicy talent. That there is in formula racing at all at the moment. We have Mm -hmm. Mick Schumacher, uh, Callum Illett, and Robert Schwartzman all under that Ferrari Academy and who are being tipped by many to be, you know, at least one of them in Mm a seat in F1 next year.
1: Yeah, no, completely. And I think for someone like Haas, from a marketing perspective, they would be silly not to give the seat to Mick Schumacher. And now, this
0: seems like a cynical statement. Um, However, Haas are broke as
1: fuck, man. Man, they have no money. They have
0: no money at all. And don't get us wrong. We're not trying to undermine or underplay the actual talent and ability of Mick Schumacher. He's P1 in the driver's standings for Formula 2 at the minute. He's my tip to win Formula 2 at the minute as well. I can very much see the championship going to him. Mm -hmm. An undoubtedly incredibly talented driver. However, as we said, Haas is broke. The combination of the marketing surrounding Mick Schumacher that they could get because of the weight that the Schumacher name carries, combined with the hefty L, uh, you know, sponsorship package that comes with Checo Perez, oh yeah, could be a beautiful combination mm. for Haas in building a very competitive piece of machinery for
1: 2021. Yeah, if well, if if they. Build a good piece of machinery. We'll we'll see how the car is. We'll see how the car goes. my God, the, they the, could get the some money out of it for sure. Oh yeah, big time. That uh, like Checo Pera has being the only um, South American representative on the grid as well. It, wait, he is, isn't he? He I'm is. Not, yeah. 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 That that's a huge factor in where all this sponsorship is coming from. He's got good backing. I think Haas need the two of them at the wheels.
0: Now, if you were to ask me, what? I would like to happen. Um personally, I would love to see Haas go with the double rookie. Just because and that's not to say that I wouldn't love to see Perez in the seat because obviously Perez is an incredibly talented driver. I would be really upset if I didn't see him in F one next year. Yeah. Um I would love to see the double rookie just because it's not really heard of. In in many other teams that aren't Alpha Terry, because obviously that's their whole ethos, that's their whole, you know, way of of, of driving is given yeah. the double rookie. I think Haas you know, to go around making statements like we're doing it like no one has ever done it before. We're going to switch things up, yada, yada, yada. You need to back that up with something like bringing two incredibly young, talented drivers into F1 like Mick Schumacher and like who I would like my second tip to be, Callum Millet. I think that yeah. one two that they have going in F2 at the minute is incredibly, incredibly tantalizing for a team like Haas mm. and I think they would be foolish to pass up on one of those two if not two out of those two now realistically I agree with you I think Checo was going to get into one of those seats yeah. and I think as we said Mick is probably going to get into the other one however I just want to draw attention to how fucking cool the double rookie for Haas would be
1: completely yeah I feel like last season in 2019 we were lucky enough to have a, a couple of rookies added to the grid and it was deadly to watch you had Russell, you had Norris, you had Albon, like it's a great thing to be able to watch to actually just see what can this boy do it's like the sport needs more rookies uh, like that's, that's what these driver lineups are missing
0: And now, that's you know me saying Mick Schumacher and Callum Millett, a lot of the time those two are the ones being brought up in com- conversation by a lot of commentators surrounding the sport um, Robert Schwartzman has also had a very impressive season under the Ferrari Academy um, would be incredibly unlucky to miss out on a seat next year. Now, I don't see him fitting in a Haas. No. But he's got to fit in somewhere eventually. Yeah. Um. With that being said as well, another driver being tipped uh, is Mazepin from F2 as well, simply yes. because of the hefty sponsorship package that he comes with as well. Um, the Mazepin family are fucking minted, to be honest. They're what, what,
1: what's he, Rus- Russian?
0: Russian, yeah. yeah. So a lot of money there, a uh, lot of money to play around with. Um, that is said to be very tantalizing for a team like Haas as well, mm-hmm. who, again, we can't stress this enough, are fucking broke. They're so broke. They man. are so broke. So I wouldn't be surprised if Sam saw Mazapin Nazi as well. Um it maybe instead of Schumacher, instead of Villet, instead of Schwarzman. if they were really suck for money, I could definitely see with them going for it. It's probably more reliable than orchestrating a marketing campaign around Mick Schumacher in that you just mm. get money instantly. You know what I mean? You have you have to yeah. deal with waiting for the payoff of a Schumacher campaign. Um, whereas the Mazapin money just comes like a fucking direct payment into your bank account and there you are. You have a driver and some
1: money and Checo
0: Perez in that instance as well.
1: Yeah, I get that. I do, I do think from a Haas point of view though, they, they need to stress being competitive as well as making money. And that's where Mick Schumacher touches on both quite nicely.
0: Absolutely. But, as we said, we don't know. Uh, you know, we, we can guess um, him and her all day, all day long about uh, who's going to end up in what seats. Mm-hmm. But realistically, we won't know until the teams make their statements, make their announcements. And when they do, we'll report back on it here on Formula Stank. However, we do know what's going to happen next in Formula 1. And that is this weekend's event race that's happening in Turkey. Carl, what do we have to look forward to this weekend in Turkey? Formula One.
1: It's a really interesting track. A couple of uh, nice little features on it. The the one that everyone's talking about is turn number eight. Turn eight has, by my count, one, two, three. I think four chicanes. So uh, we're either going to see some problems there, or we're going to see um, some great racing, some uh, nice defensive racing. Um, we'll see what the crack is. That's that's really cool.
0: I have in my notes. Um Another step towards ham champ,
1: question mark?
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I would be very surprised if there wasn't somewhere within the Sky offices right now, some poor intern sweating his balls out, editing a montage of Lewis Hamilton's entire career right now in anticipation for when he is crowned champion at the weekend in Turkey. Which oh, sucks. Jesus.
1: Yeah, it sucks.
0: It's it's probably going to happen. I would be very surprised if we saw anything. And listen, it always is a surprise. But this weekend in particular, I feel I'd be very surprised if I saw anything other than a Hambot fur. Um hand-bot-bur, yeah. so far as yeah. Uh, so far as podiums are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is not to say that the race for P4 in the championship is is not anything but scorching hot right now. Big time. Um, Danny Ricardo doing very well for himself in last weekend's race in Imola um, to secure that P4 for himself for this weekend. However, there are lots of people still within a chance. Uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, Sergio Perez, uh, even Lando Carlos, you know, could potentially have a very good race, a couple of races to get up there. What we're trying to say is it's all to play for in terms of P4 in the championship right now. Yeah. Um, it also could happen, and now I'm not saying it would. Danny Ricciardo gets four P ones and ends up ahead of Max Verstappen.
1: <laughs> Absolute scenes, man! So they need to plant a, a Ocon-style pawn <laughs> to, yeah. to just yeah. foil to just fuck up Mercedes' day altogether. Like I think the best thing we can hope for this weekend, like the most satisfying thing, would be a Hamilton DNF.
0: Like, that's going to be the most satisfying thing for any weekend in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be incredibly tasty if, I don't know, Hamilton DNF, Bottas wins, the championship is, is blown back open for the next few races. You know what I mean? In that, like, yeah. you'd like Valtteri to keep it alive in some respect. That being said, you can pretty much assume Lewis Hamilton is going to be world champion by the end of this weekend.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, completely. I'm, now, I'm what not I would love to hotel. happen
0: is if next week... We come and record this, and I get to like take that clip of me saying that and edit it in such a way where I'm made out to be an idiot because something incredible has happened, and he isn't. But until then,
1: Mercedes one two.
0: Yeah, Mercedes pretty <laughs> much a Mercedes two. Mercedes one, one two. two.
1: My bold prediction for this weekend is, and I hate to say it, but Leclerc is going to go ahead of Ricardo in the championship. Oh, There's ten points that between would them at hurt. the moment it would hurt.
0: That would really hurt.
1: Healy, um, I think he'll close the gap at the very least. I do think he's going to, he's going to outscore R- Ricardo this weekend.
0: I think Pierre Gasly is probably going to come back swinging this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a fantastic race. I think he's going to shoot himself well up into potentially P6 in the championship yet again. Um, or maybe not P6. Six. P6 is optimistic considering Checo is not on 62 as I thought from first glance and is actually mm-hmm. on 82. Uh, we'll say P7. Uh, p7 yeah. in the championship i think um after this weekend there will be a couple of announcements with regards to seats for 2021 which is why oh. we thought it was important to touch on the 2021 predictions now while we still could while there's still stuff to predict yeah um i.e red bull are gonna have to announce something if alban has another poor weekend yeah. you can't just leave uh you can't just leave that another week i don't think um other than that I'd say we're in for a fairly predictable one so far as
1: do you think? Grand Prix are I, I think there's a few things. I think it's a massive weekend for a few people. It's a massive weekend for Alex Albon, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, like He needs a phenomenal race this weekend. I don't see it happening, but he needs it. He needs it very, very badly. So it's a big week for him. I think it's a huge week collectively for McLaren. Mm-hmm. Lando Norris started amazingly up until a couple of races ago he was he was in really good shouts for like p5 or six mm-hmm. in the championship you know which, which I want to say it's still attainable but I, I I think there'll be too much form kept up uh, it, by the people in uh, in the places ahead of them so i I think they really need to perform right now after the season they've had I think p7 and p8 would be a harsh result for mcLaren mm-hmm. to be honest. So, big weekend for them, and Gasly as well, yeah, needs to um, needs to pick up the pace again after last week.
0: Your 1-2-3 prediction, hambot probably?
1: hambot Oh,
0: that would be very,
1: very tasty indeed. That's uh, my prediction. I, th- I think Verstappen is going to have issues this weekend. I, I kind of hope so. Doesn't it suck that
0: um, every, <laughs> imagine every day you go into work, uh, your boss at the end of the day decides whether you're gonna work tomorrow you know what i mean doesn't it suck (laughs) that that's pretty much the situation that alex albon has found himself in and someone of a a caliber like alex albon has found themselves in that situation where like joe bonazzi knows he's good for like at least the next 12 races Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's the very least he's probably good for the next year realistically Mm -hmm. and alex albon just doesn't know what he is doing with the rest of his life at this point yeah,
1: it, it's like a week-to-week rolling contract, isn't it? It really is. you got to <laughs>
0: feel for the guy. But sure, look, it is all to play for, uh, even mm-hmm. when it isn't in Formula 1. Yeah. Uh, in this instance, Lewis Hampton probably going to become the world champion. But also, we couldn't. You know what I mean? There could be, could be that. We won't know yeah. until we come back with episode three of Formula Stank, in which we will review the Turkish Grand Prix, let you know what happened in the same way that we did with Imola, and hopefully have some pretty tasty things to report on at that time until then I've been Dylan Mangan I've been Carl O'Rourke thank you very very much for listening we've been Formula Stank and we'll be back with you very very soon see you next time